0: Hello and welcome to the D&D 420 Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better dungeon master. I'm your host, Eric M. Hunter, and I am trying to tell a better story. Joining me shortly is Jimmy St. James. He is the creator of D&D 420 and an avid D&D fan with over 30 years of experience. We lighten the load a little bit this time. It gets a little... It gets a little nice. And it gets a little fun. All right, Jim, I heard of a new, a fantastic new pop um fantasy rock and roll band are you ready are you ready for the band name oh i'm
1: interested to see what this is
0: it's gonna it's they're gonna hit the airwaves they're gonna have maybe one good hit maybe two and then you know you've got your underground fans that are really liking those b-sides okay. but it's my morning dragon <laughs> that was a long way around yeah it was a long walk for a short glass of water uh, <laughs> my morning
1: dragons uh morning dragons Easily the cleverest of all of the drakes in my campaign setting. The morning dragon is most often encountered in hills and prairies of Thysaria, Lao and Kyoden. You've heard of Lao. We've talked about a couple of creatures from there. Kyoden is
0: just uh, this last time. Just uh, last last couple yeah. of times. So last Lao
1: Exactly. So a few of these in a row now have been if you want to play in Lao, it's there for you.
0: It's uh, plentiful in the in the imaginary.
1: Uh, these things are are pretty unique in that they're different than some of the big nasties and little slimies and weird little things that we've talked about that are just terrifying in the recent episodes. I, the morning dragon is is actually considered a lucky omen just seeing one. Some people even consider them to have been sent by the gods. Uh, Like the gods of nature or or fairy lords to protect an area a person or people or even sacred sites or sacred items so um, They are excellent healers. I mean just excellent healers and They are they can be very dangerous when provoked so We'll go ahead and look at their sheet here Let's bring up the stat block. Stat block is up. They're a challenge rating 5, although I'd have a hard time seeing a lot of people wanting to fight them because, as I said, they're empathetic healers. Anything that gets hurt, they want to protect. They want to heal. They They have an ability called, or in the description, empathetic healer. Whenever a morning dragon senses that a living being needs help, they will do their best to aid the stricken with their powers. They've been known to follow and aid friendly travelers through dangerous territory. That's pretty cool. They're not like when you come across a band of kobolds that are going to take those hit points away. A lot of times, when you see a morning dragon, you're going to get healed. It's a free healing. They and if anything gets gets a little bit uh, gets a little bit shifty with them, they can just put you to sleep. They have a sleep fog they can do three times a day. They emanate this thick cloud of fog in a 15 foot radius. Each creature in that area must make a DC 15 constitution saving throw. Constitution. 15? Yeah. Easy, for, easy wow. for me to say. A 15 constitution saving throw. Falling unconscious for one minute on a failed roll. Feeling a bit euphoric on a successful one. When the sleep effect ends, all caught in that cloud regain one level of exhaustion if they had it. Whether they passed or failed. Either way. If another creature spends its action to wake up a sleeping creature, they awaken with ease, but do not regain that level of exhaustion. So this isn't the type of sleep fog where I put you to sleep and every round you get to try to wake up. Nothing like that. You fall asleep for a minute unless somebody wakes you up. If you sleep for that minute or if you pass your saving throw initially, then you get that level of exhaustion back. So even when they're playing defense, they're actually helping people out who've been stricken. That That is their defense, because then they just disappear. They don't need to be around. They don't need to fool with you. For a minute, that's plenty of time with their speed of 40 for them to get away. And they are a large creature, so they do move rather quickly. Um, they also have a healing mist that they can pump out. That summons forth a wispy mist that covers a 15-foot radius. Any within that area regain 4d4 plus 4 hit points. Also, so this is
0: just a dumb question. So you said a, a misty mist. So that's, it's it. that... Wispy. Uh, wispy w- mist. Wispy yeah, sorry. mist. Wispy. A misty mist. So that's mist. just like a whimsical little, you know, like... Um, the fairy godmother kind of dust where like the fog is like the mist fog where it's like super thick and there's just no way you can see through it yeah this is more oh i want to go into
1: this this looks kind of fun
0: inviting yeah.
1: inviting and also that healing mist affects it that it, it ends any poisoned deafened or blinded condition that the character suffers it heals the blind it heals the deaf. it takes away poison it heals hit points they also have the ability to cast Misty Step as a bonus action at will with the Master of Mist's ability. So if they put you down in a sleep fog, they can just pop away. They also have camouflage while in any non-urban environment. They have advantage on wisdom, perception checks that require hearing or smell. So they know when people are in their territory they want to approach you, especially if you're hurt. They are attracted to any good aligned people, and they are very play- considered very playful. They, are, they have an ability in their description called playful scavenger. They are primarily active after midnight through sunrise, uh, even toward lunchtime and will eat anything left behind or unguarded by other hunter-gatherers, your group, or anyone camping in the wilderness. This earns them that trickster label that sometimes those sharing the domain with them will put upon them. Um, they're even vilified in some cultures, although those are not goodly cultures. The only cultures that vilify them are like kobolds or Lao Shu. They hate the morning dragon, because the morning dragon doesn't want to help them. Cause they try to eat it or they want to cut its hair or fuck with its
0: scales. But you can't, you can't train something like this. No, you you, no. Yeah, you can't ride something like this. Well, I'm glad that you said something about that because
1: they can't be granted by the gods of nature or, or fairy lords to anyone who may serve them. So you might have a warlock who worships a fairy and in the name of good, they can be granted a morning dragon as a mount to to usually accomplish some sort of task usually versus evil so long as it fits the nature storyline protecting the innocent protecting forest something like that then they can be granted as a mount for a temporary period of time temporary temporary yeah morning dragon they don't have a uh, They don't have connections to people other than that general sense of goodness. So they won't become attached either. They have no sense of time whatsoever, like literally no sense. You could ask them a month later, like, hey, didn't I see you a month ago? They wouldn't know what you mean about it by a month ago because the passing of time means nothing. Every moment is a new adventure for a morning dragon. That, that kind of adds to that little sense of um, playfulness that they have. Yeah, it's like a whimsy. They are very whimsical. Yeah, They are almost childlike, even. They are playful, empathetic. They enjoy playing games, even. Uh, they like games that might relate to color or light or reflections in some way, and we use the word game here very loosely because they're not very intelligent. They have a a six on the stat block, and I think that that is me being a little bit uh, optimistic and not wanting to give them terrible saving throws because they're a very intelligent animal. They they do not speak, but they do understand Draconic. So, if you talk to one in Draconic, though it may tickle them just that you're talking, it might even become a bit of a
0: game. It they it's almost like a dog, like they're a dog, like they're a super powerful like god wielding dog
1: in a way yes yeah. they, and and um some people who are very familiar with D stats may hear a lot of this stuff and say you know this sounds a little like a unicorn it isn't oh yeah okay a, in a way this is a little like a unicorn yeah but more playful more whimsical more, uh just as good natured very much a protector very much um you can apply a lot of the same lore from a unicorn to a, a to a morning dragon and, and i'd say yeah yeah you're pretty close on that sort of though they they are not quite the same there's a lot of things about unicorns that i don't want to get to get into here that i can show you tons of diff- like amazingly huge differences however um and unicorns are also a much i believe a much higher challenge rating as well though that's that's not what i'm trying to do because there just are some similarities just like there are some similarities between like lizard men and kobolds of course sure. there are some similarities there. right the one thing we haven't really talked about is the way they look and um
0: cause so i was said, going to mention because you said that it was a drake but it's not named a drake so I'm that's on purpose i'm assuming
1: uh i'm not sure why i did that i named some of the drakes i think it's at which time This is a little... And I'm just used to calling them morning Dragons. Mm. So, and it depends when I created this creature. I didn't have a... a, How should I put it? A category for, like, a Drake category in particular until I realized that I'd made several different dragons that aren't dragons. Um, And I was in love with the Rage Drake, obviously. The Guard Drake is the one in 5th edition that's similar to the Rage Drake... And when I had made the morning dragon and a couple of other things, I was like, these are just drakes. That's really what they are. They're large. They don't fly. They they are very similar to a dragon, but unintelligent, almost animalistic dragons. Like, this is a drake. So I think that does have more to do with when I designed the creature. And, that's, and this is also, I allowed it, I think I left it that way to have... Some of them called drakes, and some of there are other ones that have dragon in the title that are drakes, technically. But I also like it because it gives them more character based on the area they're from. Not everybody in the world knows that there's a classification of beasts called drakes in my game that are dragons, but on a smaller scale. So, and Morning Dragon is one of those where you're going to find the morning dragon more than likely in the wilds and more than likely near more primitive cultures not always because they are they do have an affinity for fairies and fey creatures like elves and sprites dryads nymphs things like that so they will always if they're going to approach anyone in a group they'll probably tend toward elves first or halflings or anyone with a good nature um, or a good alignment, definitely first. Maybe on a second tier, if that becomes unclear, like we have two good elves in the group, they might be attracted to a female
0: first. That, that makes sense.
1: That actually kind of brings me to my next little thing. They are neither male nor female. They do not reproduce.
0: Oh, okay. So how do they come to be? <laughs> is it really just a god, like a the god dimension?
1: It is they are huh. they are not they're not real creatures they don't they aren't born they don't that's not how they come into being they only come into place and again uh through through the lore that I'm providing here and what I use I don't have a definitive answer for that I think I have some ideas in my head that I may reveal later on in my campaign but overall I mean I'll just be honest with you no one knows that's why when we, we talked about what people understand about them, some believe that the gods of nature put them here to protect or fairy lords. And so each one that you come across could could be wildly different. the reason they're there, who sent them. And their appearance may even have I started to get onto appearance and I think I got really high and went on a side tangent yeah so, that's
0: that's my fault so
1: it it happens so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna, we're gonna mosey
0: here. on back to the appearance. <laughs> they
1: have long colorful beards and wild manes. Their eyes seem to change color with their moods. Their scales are prismatic in color, so depending on the angle you look at them from uh the condition whether it's very humid or very dry. Or levels of light they may appear different colors and even all at once, almost as a prismatic rainbow type effect, depending on the lighting. Their scales are not one color at night, they may appear black or very, very dark blue under moonlight, or depending on the moon. In my campaign, there are two moons, one of them is a reddish or orangish color. While the other is a whitish blue, so depending on the moon, that might affect. And depending on what your moon, if you use a morning dragon, you might think about that at night. What would it reflect? What would that those scales be giving off? And you can have fun with the with their appearance in that way as a dungeon master, um, and their their beards and their manes. They could they could have manes that or go down the ridge of their back all the way to their tail, or they may have a lion's mane, or they may have like a horse-type mane. It's up to you. Every morning dragon looks different. No two are the same at all. Something interesting about the morning dragons, they love to eat. We talked about how they like to get into your food first thing in the morning while you're still sleeping, and that earns them the trickster. They love to eat. every time. That coupled with the fact that every moment is new to them Every bite they take is like the first time they've tasted whatever it is they're eating. And they just love to eat. They don't mean to steal from you. They don't know that they're stealing from you.
0: That's it's an affectuation of sorts.
1: Yeah. It's just you know. it's just living in that moment constantly. The interesting is they the interesting thing here is they don't need to eat. If they go with if there was a, a drought or a famine, it wouldn't affect them. They don't need to eat at all. Same thing with sleep. They do not need to sleep whatsoever. Although, since they're active mostly throughout the night, during the day they often meditate, and typically through the hottest parts of the day, during daylight hours, almost exclusively will they do they meditate during those hours. If disturbed, they gladly help others who are in need, or they will gladly come to play, or to just accompany people on a, on their way if. If that's the the mood they're feeling. They they are definitely creatures who are subject to a whim or a whimsy. We keep using that word, I find. You know what I mean? Whimsy.
0: Yeah, like light and airy and fun and entertaining.
1: Yeah, and this is a nice contrast to some of the dark and dismal and backstabby creatures that we've had over the past few, right? Mix it up a little bit. Oh, yes. I mean, I had mentioned nightmares. I wasn't kidding. In, In summary, I would say that... Morning dragons are an enigmatic creature, and they can be described as any number of words witty, charismatic, clever, empathetic, free, pure, innocent, gracious, goodness, mystery. All of these words do a really nice job, so take and pick and choose from those words. Pick and choose from all these different colors take those colors of their manes, of their of their of their scales of their beards take all of that stuff and pair it with something in your game a god or or um, or a lord or whomever from another dimension or another realm and and draw those those little lines and the morning dragon is an easy plug-and-play in any campaign and I promise your characters are gonna have a lot of fun interacting with the
0: morning dragon Thanks for listening to this episode of the D&D 420 podcast. For everything D&D 420 related, check out dnd420.com. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us there on the website and on YouTube at dnd420. Lastly, as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that by telling another DM about the show and by visiting us on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and review. Thanks for subscribing and being a part of our work here at d d 420. We will see you.